my dad would still tell me, you need to not set a precedent to people at work, at school, team members, whatever, that you can do all of the above, all the things you you can do. You are capable of doing a lot, but you don't need them to know that. You don't need to set that precedent early and then find yourself trapped at the bottom of this endless pit. We're not for everyone. We're a podcast hosted by a hater and a lover. We're happy you're here. Jess, I have a confession. Please. To make. I think I have a hot therapist. Uh, you have a male therapist or is this no, a hot woman? No, no, it's a hot woman. <laughs> it's a hot woman. So sexist okay, of you. But you can't trust hot people, right? So it's still bad. Um, did I say I can't trust hot people? No, no, that's just my projection, I think, onto your story. You're saying you can't trust hot people. Yeah, but let me let you talk. Let me let you finish your story. (laughs) Yeah, I think I have, I kind of have a hot therapist. And so far, um, it's sitting okay with me. Actually, I kind of think, I would like to applaud her. I think she's like the perfect amount of hot like, I want to say I want to be around her and her hot wisdom, but oh. it's not, it's not so hot that it's a problem. Can you elaborate? Yeah. I mean, I love, I love beauty. I love <laughs> it. I want to be near it. I want it to be around me. I want wise people in my life to also have it like this is not something I'm growing out of. I'm not working on this. <laughs> this is here to stay. Um, and and she has it and she's like she's probably mid 40s, maybe, maybe later 40s. And she's very elegant and very beautiful. Mm-hmm. Maybe the more appropriate word is beautiful Mm-hmm. Um, it's not overdone. She's not like, she's not going too hard on it, but I want to say like, she knows what she's doing. And I feel like it's got to be really comforting to most people. I think it would be comforting to men, to women, to all orientations. Um, and then she also has like, she's just killing it with the therapist look. Yeah. She also like dresses the part really well, very professional and like could fit in, in a corporate setting, but then there's like a little hint of a flowy skirt or like a slightly oversized chemise or some shit. Like it's just a chemise, not a chemise. chemise. <laughs> Give me a chemise and I am I am in. It's just like there's just a little hint of um motherly, whimsical, earth mom mm-hmm. ceramics teacher thrown in there. But the rest is pretty buttoned. It's not too kooky. Yeah, like the hair is done properly, but then there's just like a wisp or two. You have been describing this for a long time. Okay, I'm like, I mean, I'm really taken with it. Doesn't that sound good to you? I guess my point is like, (laughs) we've both been listening, like you've been describing and I've been listening and I've kind of been waiting for the moment where I get it and I still don't get it. I mean, I I definitely get get that she's hot. Do you want me to tell you more about what she looks like? No, what do you not get? I want to know. What do you not get? What do you not get? 
I can picture her clearly. I think I'm good on that. Yeah. Very good description. Very detail oriented. Very. She sounds beautiful. Thank you. I guess my question is like, what's that do for your therapy experience? Or is that not the point? Are you just observing a hot person? I think it's I think it's both. I think I'm partially just observing a hot person as I'm inclined to do. I've been um, my friend Tessa likes to call me out on like I have a pretty rabid like staring problem. I stare. I stare at beautiful people a lot. Mm. It's often women. Um, and it's not a sexual yeah. attraction. Just like I like to look the fuck like, who doesn't like this? Who doesn't like that? But it's it's been a problem. I don't know. There There's something that I don't rein in that I think other people rein in where I won't I won't stop the unblinking stare. And it's to the point where I've mm. gotten called out multiple times um, in public by strangers. This one time I was like on the New York subway. The subway was a real danger zone for me, just like sitting on a long ride to the Bronx staring at, you know, whatever New York model is sitting across from you. And I was going hard into staring at this girl. And all of a sudden she started talking to her boyfriend or friend, whoever was next to her was just like, she won't stop looking at me. And like, she was calling me out. (laughs) That's awful. Oh my God. It was mortifying. It was mortifying. And I, all of a sudden I was like, what do I do now? I tried to just like, I tried to pull it off as first of all, I did not turn away. That's a mistake because then you admit then it's a confession if you turn away. So I just kept staring um, and tried to kind of blur my eyes like I was looking, you know, through Mm. her just off into the abyss past her. And I kind of thought about saying something. I didn't end up. She kind of kept heckling me and I kind of pretended to continue not to hear. It was pretty painful subway ride. But eventually what I wanted to do, I thought about getting up (laughs) and being like, I'm so sorry um, that I was staring at you. Like, you just look so much like my sister, no. my sister who passed away a few months ago. Oh, and my God. <laughs> that was the way I thought I would redeem myself. But I'm a pussy. So that would have been a good one. I think that would have yeah, been really. I, do I think that's. Yeah. That's the right approach as opposed to I, there's meaner things you could have done. That's not mean. It just like cuts enough yes. to be like, how dare you mortify how me in public? How dare I'm you? I'm going through shit. Right. How dare you stand up for your right to privacy mm-hmm. and, and defy my right to stare? Right to privacy doesn't apply to being in public and looking hot. If you're if you're looking hot in public, I've said this on the podcast before. I know, but who likes to be stared at? It. But that's like, but that's a problem. But like women complain about that. If a man, I'm. I, I was yeah. gonna actually I was gonna say I'm not as lascivious as a man, but I actually probably am. <laughs> yeah, you're undressing them with your eyes. I'm slowly. absolutely undressing her. <laughs> okay, so yeah. Like you if a guy was if, if a guy was gawking at me, I'd be pissed. I it depends. If I'm in a low place depends and somebody is gawking at me. Yeah, it depends how hot they are. And it depends on my level of insecurity in that moment and like my need for that type of validation. That's true, because you can take the stare and be like, oh, they're staring at me because I look hideous or stare. They're staring at me because I must have something in my teeth. Or sometimes you take the stare and you're like, it's because I'm the best thing they've ever seen. Yeah, totally. Exactly. So I don't know. I'm kind of like I'm not bothered by staring. We're all human. We all do it sometimes it sounds like you have a particular issue with it which like i'm sick at least awareness is the first step in healing oh no i'm not no i'm not trying to work on it you're not working on it well okay so then that's the thing that i'm still struggling with okay if your therapist wasn't as hot 
would you still be going to her? Totally. I've seen <laughs> ugly therapists before, for sure. <laughs> but I think I'm more just admiring like the costume that she dons as mm. a therapist. I want to ask her about it because I feel like she having being too hot as a therapist is not going to be kind of an effective environment. I would assume for all these broken people coming to see you. But I do think I think there's a sweet spot where like a certain amount of beauty is comforting. And we also attribute a lot of qualities to beauty, qualities that beauty doesn't deserve. Like, oh, maybe they're kind or maybe they're smart or maybe that, you know, there's a lot of like projecting other positive qualities onto beauty for no good reason. We just do that usually. Um, So I, and that paired with how she dresses, like she's just nailed it. I feel like she's nailed the uniform. Um, Proud of her. And it's, it's just interesting to me. Yeah. I think like, sometimes it makes me think not just how her face looks, but like how she does her hair and how she dresses. Like if I was a therapist, would I start dressing a little more Mm. like Willow mama? You know what I mean? Or I think I do. My therapist is very like kooky. I mean, granted, she's in her 70s. Yeah. But she, you know, she's a pretty woman and like I'm sure was a hottie in her heyday. I hear a lot of her stories of her hottie antics. So I feel like that just comes with the territory. That's so funny. But yeah, she's very like curly hair, like kind of curly, like Miss Frizzle type of hair from Magic School Bus. Also very comforting. I think that's also a good therapist uniform. Yeah, correct. And like flowy, like sweaters that are kind of like shawls that like wrap her right, and totally long skirts and what's like she, what she got in her ears what she got hanging from her ears she's got some dangly ass earrings yeah, every time i see yeah, them like does. beads yeah some beads does. some beads yeah they all like went to new mexico and who's they? had a spiritual awakening Who? the therapists oh okay <laughs> they must have they're yeah. dressed like albuquerque style <laughs> they, they start dressing the part i feel like people do yeah. that people start dressing the part of their career even outside of office hours a lot of the time. Um, So now I'm trying to evaluate myself and people I know and think about if they, in their career, in their industry, kind of dress the part too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it's hard. I guess corporate is corporate and maybe you can't split up the difference between somebody in tech and the difference from somebody in law just by how they dress. I think there's That's not true. I think there are distinctions between those two. Between those two, because yeah. in tech, it's more like you Best. have a little more clout if you're in more hoodies or yeah. if you kind of trying less hard. If you also are like very skilled is kind of the aesthetic yes. has been for a while. And in sneakers, law, with definitely different. Yeah. yeah, I like I think I dressed very differently when I was bartending as to when I was babysitting as to when um, I was in tech. I yeah. feel like I dress differently every day and I'm me doing the same things every yeah. day. But I don't really know if I have this is something I've been thinking about a lot recently, maybe entering. I'm 32, so no longer entering, but entering my 30s and onward. Um. I feel like I started to think about, like, do I have personal style? And, like, what is my style? Oh, my God. And yes, you do. Wait. Oh, you have one of, like, the most defined personal styles. You have such good style. I do. I know I have good style, but do I have an identifiable style? Yes. Sheila and I, I want to say I used to talk shit, but it wasn't shit. We used to talk hype. We used to talk hype about it in high school. You're joking. No. I don't I think this applied to high school. No, 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 no. I specifically remember this in high school where... um. 
I think what the fuck were I can't remember the context, but Sheila was using you specifically as an example of someone who dressed it the fuck up the right way. Wow. Yeah. That's an honor yeah. and a pleasure. Yeah, it's a pleasure. <laughs> it was a pleasure for me. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure to I be do me. Know that I it is a pleasure to be me. I do know that I have <laughs> I have a sense of style. Like I know what looks good. I know how to put on an outfit and be like, this complements my body. It's like shapes that go well together, colors that go well together, whatever, whatever. I know how to do that. Yeah. It's just more like some people more closely identify to like similar with um interior design and like some mm. videos you've talked about this in some videos where people want to associate with like I'm boho. A very or, clearly I'm defined label. This, I'm yeah. that and I don't think I can identify to any one type of style. And so one day I'll dress up and be very like blazer and turtleneck and like super like chic corporate mama. And then the next day Mm -hmm. I'll be in like a denim jumpsuit with Converse and be more of like a grungy chick. And I, I mean, I like that. I don't think I have to stop doing it or anything, but I do sometimes think about it. Yeah. As like, oh, do I not have a sense of, direction a sense of personal style that's like mine yeah I understand what you're saying but I don't I guess I would ask like why do you need that if you I feel like the things you wear you're not wearing my impression is not that you're wearing a bunch of different things in order to like appeal to certain people you're just best dressing based on your mood and if you're dressing based on your mood that makes total sense to me I I love that I feel a bit that way I think I maybe have like three main lanes kind of that I dress in um, mm-hmm. and they can all be very different but maybe it's just like three at this point I uh, yeah I I like that you're complex can I guess them oh yeah guess can them. I guess your lanes yeah guess and you can lanes. guess mine okay I don't okay. actually know if I have an answer defined but you go and I'll react okay I don't know if I have three yet but I know one of them okay they may be they probably overlap it's mm-hmm. not like these are so distinct from each other. This is high pressure. But I think yeah, don't fuck this up. There's a difference between like preppy Caroline, um, and then like more like almost like girly, feminine, playful Caroline. So far, so good. And then maybe like spo- does sporty count, or is that different? Because it's like sometimes it's like going to the gym. You're obviously not going to wear your regular clothes but i think sporty is still a style that I think you sometimes you wear not even just going to the gym i think those are the three i think those are the three i will say yeah i think those are the three i was thinking of elizabeth refers to my preppy style as young republican um yes. which is <laughs> completely correct i dr- sometimes or like 30 percent of the time i'm dressing like a young um republican new mom um, you are so active at the college Republicans meetings. Yes. You come with your yes. with your binder ready to fucking picket the neighborhood. Yeah. <laughs> or well, I think one of the brands my manager was corresponding with, uh, she my manager passed on that they referred to me as a foul mouthed Samantha doll. Um, yes. You know, oh Samantha, God, the American amazing. girl doll. I was like that. I love that. Um, and then. Sweet, sweet, cute. Sweet, cute, love, sweet, cute. I like that look. And then something like boyish. Like I, there's a part of me that's always loved dressing kind of like a boy. Um, It's had different uh, manifestations through the years, but I still really like that one. um, Okay. I'm going to do your, okay, let me do yours. Let me do yours. Okay. 
I would say elevated club, <laughs> like hitting the club, but it's, it's, it's not um, trashy. It's not trashy. It's like a little more trendy, like stylish is one. Yep. Um, I think your version of sporty or like my tomboy look is your, I would assume, I think we'll call it ugly night. Cause that's like what you wear, like sweatpant chill. Um, you refer to as your ugly night. Would you talk mm-hmm. about on the pod? And then the mm-hmm. other, I would guess is your like corporate look, which I'll, I feel like you actually have more looks than that, but that one, yeah. that one is like, A sexy nutritionist who's doing like a speaking event. My God. I work hand in hand with your hot therapist (laughs) to transform the lives of young millennials. (laughs) How does that line up with your internal feeling? That's that's pretty good. I think the only one that's missing is this like rocker, grungy, edgy look that I sometimes introduce. I don't think I've seen it that much. (sighs) Okay, I've said that to my friends and they like. It was a pretty recent conversation and they kind of gawked at me and were like, you're not edgy. And I was like, honey, you don't know it. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't know if I'm describing. I think I might be describing it a little bit more intense than it actually is. Yeah, I more so mean like. (laughs) I more so mean. I throughout college, I had these like terrible black boots that had like metal grommets on them Yikes. and were the f- very the like fuck is a grommet rock. it's a grommet it's like those i think that's what they're called like studs okay Isn't that a grommet? <gasps> wow this was in college in college and i wore it with everything and i'd wear like a torn up t-shirt bro and like black jeans and these what? like studded boots that's funny because yeah. you, you didn't dress like that in high school you don't really dress like that now so you no. just had like something happened in the in-between <laughs> something yeah, happened when happening. i was in baltimore and then I do think that oh, that's that the like Baltimore exists. That's the Baltimore coming out. I do think that still exists like in an a very gentle ounce in my style now yeah. where I'll have like just a bag that's studded or earrings Ooh. or like I mean I do wear a lot of black and I'll right. go with like a distressed look a lot of the times. Yeah. So yeah, whatever Don't that is. Don't let go of her. I like that. That little touch of dirty grommet in each of us. Exactly. We can't let go of her. We can't let go of her. Um but yeah, I think you did pretty good. Okay. Those are my categories. I would say the uh, the like corporate one, maybe we'll call her college Democrat and you're college, college Republican. Democrat, yeah. <laughs> She's a little more progressive with her style, but with still. With style. Style but still only. Style only. Style only. I just like the style aesthetic. Only. I just like the aesthetic. Yeah. I know. It looks good on you. <sighs> Should we address you. that we're that I've been sipping wine this whole time? I just feel like for the YouTube watchers, Let's they're address. like, Jess is just casually picking up her oh, wine glass cocktail. without telling us yeah more cheers. importantly it's friday happy hour cheers bitches um uh i have so many things to say do, do any of them matter have the floor they matter to me and i have very few things to say so say, i'll let you okay i already going. feel like i steamrolled the first conversation so i was gonna open it up you want me to keep steamrolling i can Keep steamrolling. I I hope that I didn't make you feel that way by telling you that you were talking about your therapist beauty for a long time. It's just that it was a long time to be talking. (laughs) Okay, I'll say this. It did make me feel bad and it didn't stop me from talking about it. So how bad did I really feel? (laughs) 
okay, now Justin just popped into the frame and I need to address the other thing you did for a really long time. Oh, no. Before we started recording, we, we were like on Zoom with each other, but hadn't started recording the podcast yet. And Caroline's like, oh, Justin just got here. Let me say hi. Of course. No problem. Um, so she gets up. I overhear little whispers of like, I missed you. I missed you. I missed you from both of them. This is mutual, which we love to see. And they're like embracing and I kind of get like just the edge of them embracing on the camera. And then finally she comes back and I was like, oh, I didn't realize that you haven't seen each other in like a year. They didn't didn't even know each other for a year. She's like, oh, no, we saw each other yesterday. So that was another thing you were doing for a long time. For a long time. I did eventually realize that I didn't like mute the mic or turn off the camera. And I was just like, Jess is just going to have to grin and bear I was like, I feel like I'm intruding on something, but I also can't look away. No, I wanted you to watch. I want, Obviously, I wanted you to watch. Yeah. yeah. That's true. I wanted you to watch. Anyway, that was um, clear. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I did share. I definitely have a bunch of like voyeurist fantasies. I don't know if I would like them in reality, um, but actually this week. I was sharing more. Justin knows a lot about different sexual fantasies I've shared with him. But the ones on the the ones I've shared, people think I've shared weird shit on the podcast. That's the stuff I'm allowed to talk about. Like most of the stuff can't Mm -hmm. go on the air. That's the stuff I've decided is fine. Um, So we got into a deeper conversation this past week, which I was like, whatever, uh, nervous about. And he was on board. He was on board. He was like into it, into it. And then I, and then I got too comfortable and I shared one thing and he just goes, well, I cannot condone that. (laughs) (laughs) And then we just formal. And then we, he's very formal. He's very formal. And then we just moved on. (laughs) Sometimes, um, he is formal. Sometimes he has this mode where I call robot Butler. Sometimes he goes into robot. Oh, that makes it hotter if it's a butler. Totally, totally. Yeah. Get those <laughs> white gloves on for me. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. No, we're pathetic. We're, it's pathetic right now. It's pretty pathetic, but it's, it's pretty sweet. It's pretty nice. It's sweet. I'm happy I about think. it. I won't apologize. No, that wasn't the intention. It was more just so that <laughs> I didn't have to process that alone. I thought I'd bring everyone along. Yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, so go for it. You said you wanted to steamroll more, so let's fucking do it. Sure. Roll on over me. Okay, I'm going to start this. What did this- I say earlier? When you're Never what? Mind. While you're what? I said roll on over me just now. And oh, then no. I was like, what did I say earlier said- that was egregious? Earlier you said, <laughs> oh, what did you say? Let it rip. And I was like, I think oh. that euphemism, is it a euphemism? Is it an idiom? Only, re- it, I think that only refers to tootin', right? It refers, I think its etymology is rooted Justin in says Tootin. No. Justin, shush. Well, okay, if you've watched The Bear, which is this great show on I Hulu, haven't. I've heard good things. It's great. Um, it's based in, it's like a Chicago story and it's about whatever, not important right now. Um, <laughs> anyway, the letter rip is like a whole thing in the show. I love you course correcting yourself. You do go really deep into telling completely unnecessary background for a story. I know, I do. I love it. I love it. But you just course directed you're talking to yourself. Not to, not now, just not now. People don't need it. Most people have seen it also if they care. It doesn't matter. But um, I do that because it's something my dad always does and Aww. has done and I definitely got it from him. Um. But yeah, there's a whole thing about letter rip and it's basically like 
somebody is telling the other person to like really send it when it comes to opening this restaurant. So it's not just about tooting. It's about. Okay. Fucking let her rip. Let's go. Yeah. What you know? I thinking? I don't know why. I don't know why I thought that. I mean, it does oh, also have to do with that. Sorry. It's you're not incorrect. You okay. just expand your horizons, you know? Yeah, I know. I'm too open minded. That's the that's, <laughs> that's the young Republican in me. Yeah. <laughs> OK, let her rip. Let her rip. Let her rip. Um, OK, I'm going to start this off with a brag. Uh, I went to the gym. I, I went to the gym in the morning today. And wow. that never happens. And I was immediately I was just like, am I better than everyone? Because you are. I think I am. Yeah. That's what happens. Yeah. That's what happens. I felt that before I even I actually felt superior to people before I even got there. I just like had the idea to go in the morning and I was like, wow, I'm really good. Oh, yeah. And the fact that you got there, if you just I did if get you there even. If you had the idea, that's the first step to being better than people. Yeah. You don't even have to go through with it. Just having the idea puts you ahead of the curve. Cosine. Actually showing up. I mean, you're better than most now. I'm better than all. You yeah. could leave and go get a coffee and it would still be a triumph. I, I actually agree. I actually agree. I did stay and actually work out. But um, I was kind of annoyed. It's a new gym. I went to I showed up to my gym the other day and the door was locked. It was, it was not a holiday. I never know when holidays are because obviously I don't work a corporate or what, like regular mm. job. So I'm always getting blindsided by MLK Day. Like every time <laughs> I never know when it's coming at me. Flag Day. I had no fucking idea. And um, but the door was locked. And I was like, is it Labor Day again? Like, I don't know. And <laughs> then they just had to sign the window. It was like we moved to another location. I was kind of pissed about it. Miffed. Um, had to walk to the other location. It was actually way nicer. So I suddenly... Have Ooh. a way nicer gym for the same. How much further is it? It's closer. What? Yeah, I don't. I'm like, why? Okay. <laughs> it was so I was actually really pissed at first that it was like Memorial Day and I didn't know it. But then mm-hmm. I got a way nicer gym. But they have all these the machines, like all the machines are different and they seem very nice. But I feel like all of the machines and this applies to like most gyms but especially how they've set it up in the new one. All the machines are just catering to like a pumping men's titties. And I'm like, <laughs> that's nice. And I get it because there's a lot of men in here and they're all worried about their titties. But like, I, wh- can I get like a single hip thrust or like, right. There's like, uh, this doesn't help me literally 99% of this doesn't help me. And if you want to work on your ass, which you do, you're kind of just like thrown Thrown to the wolves. You're just like, figure right. it out. You can put some free weights together. Room. Yeah, get in that yeah. fucking weird, shameful room alone with mirrors on all walls where everyone can yeah. watch you. Like, give me that's like... That's the ass room. Can I, that's <laughs> the ass room. The ass room. The ass room of shame. <laughs> Why can't I just have a machine like everybody else? I'm having to fucking like jerry-rig all of my workouts together to work on this ass and I'm kind of over it. There's like 40 <laughs> different ways you can sculpt your tits in the gym <laughs> in like a safe, like guided comes with instructions situation and yeah, with safety bars, everything. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I was a little pissed about it. I don't know. That's a complaint I have. That's a fair complaint. Thank you. I, I immediately want to go positive 
but Ugh. I'm not going to do that. That's something I hate about you, but <laughs> I know. I know it's hard. No, why? Um, Dude, give me the positive. Give me the positive. I love it about you. We're the balance. I guess the other perspective that I would offer Ugh, is do it. You, as a woman, if you train your chest, it it's it's actually really good for your titties. It makes them perkier yeah. ever since i've been training like weightlifting and stuff my boobs which are heavy fucking boobs okay sit much higher on my chest okay so i would say i mean i I'm happen saying, to really yeah, like chest exercises but okay. yeah fair enough it's catered towards men for the most part and that's annoying i mean they're for not they most don't have women variety. for no uh, yes there is value to training your ladies titties but for most women, it's not the focus. It's ob- ugh, whatever. Yeah. Whatever. It's not the focus. And you it's know not what? the focus. Whatever. It's fine. We got a question in the DMs recently that made me actually didn't make me think a lot because I had an answer like immediately, but it kind of resonated and made me pause and kind of take stock of where I'm at in life right now. So I would like to share that. Okay. Um. I actually didn't take down the specific question, but like the specific wording. But the gist of it was basically this person is really busy with work and like defining themselves in their career in their 20s. And they're struggling to maintain their self-care amidst how busy they are. And they kind of were like, you two seem like you really prioritize your time for yourself or whatever. (laughs) And... How do you do that? What do you have tips for that? And as soon as I read it, (laughs) I was like, the last month I have been the worst at taking care of myself. I've been so busy. I've been canceling all of my workouts. I've been to the gym like three times in the last month. I usually go three times a week. Um, I've been not really like folding and putting away my laundry. It's just like little signals around my apartment where you can tell like, oh, she's not on top of it the way she usually is. And that's a reflection for me of like my internal world. If my external world that I live in every day, because I'm a very neat person, if that is looking a little messy, if I'm leaving dishes in the sink and I definitely have time to do them, but I'm not doing them. It's a reflection Um, of what's going on. That's a reflection of what's going on. Mm -hmm. And so I looked at this message and was like, how did she know she's in my apartment? Uh And I was like, I think the only answer to how do you care for yourself, keep caring for yourself in moments when you're super, super busy and stressed and pulled in many directions is to say no. To start saying no. Oh my God, that's exactly what I was just going to say. This is a huge thing I'm on right now. Go on, go on. I have to, I've done it well in the past, but it just ebbs and flows. Like there have been periods of time in my life where I'm so good at saying no to things at work, to social things, to whatever things. I'm just like, that's going to overstretch me. Yeah. And I'd rather take care of myself with that time and energy instead. And so there have been periods where I'm, I'm like rocking at that. Yeah. And then there's other periods, usually the periods that are like extreme levels of busy and extreme levels of stress where I can no longer hold on to that like habit anymore, Mm -hmm. habit of saying no to the things that aren't working. And I'm saying yes to all the things that I take me away from myself and I end up in a place where I'm not taking care of myself. So that was my answer. I'm glad that it like immediately struck a chord with you, but I'm... 
once I saw that DM, I was like, oh, shoot, I got to work on this now. So thank you to that person. Yeah. Let's do it together. Like, I don't know. I love the question. It's tough. And yeah, self-care. I think self-care does also involve those more, um, you know, working out, getting yourself fed, getting yourself showered, seeing the people, um, time for yourself. Sure. That is part of self-care, but like real self-care in another way, those are also like chores sometimes it, it, real mm-hmm. self-care is like honoring the way you're feeling. Um, setting limits for yourself, taking the time to like get in touch with what is not working for you. That's what actual self-care is. Giving yourself a massage, like taking yourself to a spot. That's super nice. Do it. I won't say don't do it, but that's not, um, there's more that like, Mm -hmm. and, and also you don't need that. Like, that's nice. Do it if you want to do it. But, um, if you can't pay for a massage and you can't get to the gym, there are much deeper, I think, ways to, I mean, I think exercise is really important for your well-being, but there's a lot more to it than that. And I think I got it from, I was listening to an interview with some YouTubers or something, and they were talking about the influx of like requests or collaborations or contracts or work that will come up when you as a youtuber at certain points and that the hardest lesson they they learned in running their business to survive was to have a default to no default to no the default is Hmm. no and um, which is just like basically what you just said saying no more but but the, the concept of setting no as your default, um, I think maybe that sounds harsh, but if you are someone who's struggling with self-care, struggling to fit into self-care, your default is probably yes, probably to um, and maybe a, a level that's deteriorating you. And so for me, having it like it like hit me in the chest when I heard that it, it felt so like what I was missing. So for me, setting my default as no actually means I'm landing somewhere in the middle. Like it's not making me a bitch. It's really just landing me at like a healthy middle spot. I'm still overriding it all the time. But having that idea in my head, defaulting to no, someone asks you something, do do something. Maybe it's things you want to do. Maybe it's things you could do. Maybe it's things you should do, whatever. Default to no. And if you want to change your mind about it after you've had more time to reflect, okay. But I feel like a lot of those, a lot of the things that kind of like fill up your life are are things that you agree to in just a split second because you're so willing to please or you're scared to let down or you're feeling guilty. And so the pressure of like having to make the decision in the moment someone asks you to do something, whether it's for work or personal or family or friends or whatever, like if I can instead set my default to always be no, so I never have to like choose in the moment. And then later, if I want to reconsider, once I've given myself time, that's helped a lot. Um, Yeah, I agree. That's like the biggest thing for me. I like that. Yeah, I think I like the default to no concept a lot. I think it doesn't even always need to look like saying no immediately in the moment. Although 
that can be really helpful to buy yourself more time. But it can simply be like in my mindset, the default is no. But if somebody asks me to do something and it like it's an immediate yes in my brain because it really aligns and it's something I want to do and it's whatever, it feels good to you. It's, It's a hell yes. Some people use that terminology. You don't need to say no and then come back to them later. You know when it's a definite yes. And you can still say yes to the things that are definites. But yeah, it's when it's that like confusing middle ground where you're like, mm, I like feel like I should do this, but do I have time to yeah. do it? Like, uh, la, 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 la. S- then it's a no, baby girl. And if you change your mind, you can change your mind. You could say, let me get back to you. I would say like <laughs> maybe the best is like a default to let me get back to you. Super interesting. Mm-hmm. Sounds great. Um, thanks for sharing. Let me get back. Like no matter what. You're going to give yourself time to think about it, even if you know it's a hell yes, even if you know it's a hell no, just like you're not making calls in the moment. Um, Maybe it's a default to let me get back to you so you can give yourself the space a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I need to get back to doing that. I feel like at work recently, I have been (laughs) to despite my like most earnest efforts to not become this, I feel like I am regrettably becoming indispensable on my team. And I'm not saying that to like, <laughs> no, that is toot a, up my own yeah, ass. No, that's a, that's a fucking danger zone. That's a danger I'm just zone, saying bro. it because it's happening. Yeah. And I didn't ask for it. And right. my dad, it's so funny when I was growing up, you know, overachiever, like high performing young woman with a lot of high expectations that I was like very stressed about meeting. And so whatever I did well in school and I worked hard and I like was always striving for more because that's what it was in the culture and my household and all these things, um, my school. And even though that was the case and like my parents had put me in that school and my parents established the culture in our household And my parents are workaholics and overachievers. And that's what I saw modeled for me and all these reasons. My dad would still tell me. You need to not set a precedent to people to at work, at school, team members, whatever, that you can do all of the above, all the things you you can do. You are capable of doing a lot, but you don't need them to know that. You don't need to set that precedent early and then find yourself trapped at the bottom of this endless pit because people know that you're good at what you do and they can rely on you. And there's more, more, more. There's always going to be more. Don't set a precedent early that you can do, that you can go above and beyond and that you will. Yeah. And I would always be like, I agree with you logically, but you have made me this person. So Uh like you can say that now when you're in your 50s, 60s looking back. But like, how dare you? Because you created this monster. (laughs) And now I'm at work. I've been at this company for like a year and a half. And it came after my year of fun employment, finding myself, doing creative projects. When I had really reset and decided that my career wasn't going to be everything to me. And so I entered this job like super level headed, really thinking about that advice from my dad. Like I'm not setting precedents that I'm working late, that I can do X, Y, Z, everything that they need me to do all the time, whatever. Did he say did he say at the time why he thought you shouldn't do that? Because I I can see a million reasons why I would agree with him. But I think a lot of people listening could be confused about why. Did he say why at the time? 
I mean, I think it's just because it could be taken advantage of. It's like once people see yeah. that you're willing to be a team player who works late, who tries to do that extra project that nobody really knows how to do. But you're like, oh, I can figure it out. I've kind of done that back in college. And so I can like try to figure out what the right way is, whatever. People will take advantage of that. And next thing you know, you're working way more than the role that you signed up for, than the pay that you're making. That's what I hear from you all the time. You're asked to do jobs that is maybe a whole second person's job that you're not getting paid for. Um, Yeah. The other thing I'll say is that like sometimes that can that can stop you from getting promoted because if you're someone who does a lot, they might not want you in a leadership position because then like if you are one that like some of the best engineers I knew they they don't want you not to be available to solve bugs and jump on tickets and write code, um, even though you're a very capable leader or manager. Because, like, who would replace you doing that? I mean, it depends what you're well, working towards, but I, I do agree. Anyway, go well, on. And the other thing, yeah. the other thing is, like, I've been, you know, the first part of my career was in consulting and, like, working up to being in management roles and things like that. And I was, like, like, hankering as I, as the only word that ever comes to my mind. I was, like, craving <laughs> being a manager and achieving that promotion and that title and that level. But I was managing way before my title was manager because they saw that I was capable of doing that and they didn't have to pay me a manager's salary when I was a an associate or a analyst or a consultant doing a manager's work. They were like, great, she's doing she's managing the team and we get to pay her $20,000 less. Yeah, totally. So it also works that way oftentimes. So yeah, for all these reasons, that's the advice my dad has always given me. And I tried so hard to bring that to my energy at this job. But at some point, I've been there for a year and a half now. I think it worked at the beginning. You were trying to be incompetent and unreliable, but the real you shone through. That's that is a problem it's for shown you. Through. That is a problem it for is you. Because you are you are a team player and you are a go getter and you will go the extra mile and you're fucked. And I'm I'm good at a lot of things like Uh, Lately, I've been making a lot of videos at work. I work in marketing, so videos are relevant in a way. But my job title, my role description, my team, none of it has to do with video and like creative development. There started to be here and there a request for a custom video just this one time, just this one time, please, please, please. I'm like, all it is is like cutting up a couple clips. Anybody can do that in iMovie. Okay. Next thing you know, last week I made like five different videos in a week, <laughs> plus doing the videos for the podcast, which I have not told a soul that I make videos for the podcast, but maybe they've found out. Yeah. It's just, yeah. it's just a nightmare. Okay. So, so what are you trying to do? You're trying to do less? Or are you trying to, I mean, all of this, I guess it, it all depends what your, what your goal is. Some people don't want to be yeah. management. Some people don't want to be a leader. Um, some people like, really like executing. Um, but if your goal is yeah. to be a leader, you don't want to be in the weeds, someone they can't afford to do without on the execution level, because then why would they ever why would they ever make you a leader? I don't really care about being a leader on the team because that's just not my goal going into this job. Mm-hmm. I have been on that track before and I know if I wanted that, I could get it. But it's not my goal here. That being said, I'm very I'm not super money motivated in general, but 
I obviously recognize that it's important and I obviously live a certain level of lifestyle that I want to support. And I guess it's more like a, um, like the principle of the thing where I'm like, if I'm doing a lot more work that isn't technically in my role, I should be getting paid more. Yeah. So I do think that that's a little bit of like what I'm starting to think about and yeah. realize with this. And then the other thing that I've been trying to do is train other people on my team to do these same activities, like create videos and, you know, how do I do that? What I created like a to do, um, like recorded my computer screen and like walked through how I do certain editing and stuff. Mm -hmm. So I'm hoping that by also spreading it out across team members, it's not like always on me. So I don't know. It's like super work related talk but maybe that's helpful to people if they're in a similar situation it applies to a lot of people yeah yeah it's tough yeah but i'm i'm it's like I, I don't know i was working late and it goes back to to the context switching that we've talked about where i'm in meetings in and out of meetings during the day for work and video editing is the type of task that i need like a focused couple of hours yeah to really dig into and i can't often do that during the day when I'm in and out of meetings every 30 minutes, every hour, whatever. So I've ended up working late oh. as a result. And that's one of those things where I'm like, that's a no, no, that's baby. on me. That's a no, no. That's on me to not allow that boundary uh, to be crossed. And I've fucked it up the last two weeks. That's hard though. Cause what do you do when people you don't always have control over when meetings are scheduled? Like easy to say in theory, I won't allow to schedule this, but like if these are the responsibilities that you have agreed to for now, and you don't control when all the meetings are, what the hell do you do? What's your solution to that? The reason I even feel comfortable talking about this on the podcast, because I obviously know, I don't know who from my work listens, but I know that they can. It's out there. Um, is because I have talked to my manager about this and like she's super supportive and trying to figure out the right kind of like path out of this current situation yeah. for me with me. It's nice to have a good manager. Well, good. Yeah. Your dad was right. He's he's so often right. It's so annoying. <laughs> Here's something little. <laughs> I'm just a little girl with a little thought. Ooh, um, dirty. <laughs> <laughs> I recently, within the last couple months, have realized that I need white noise to sleep. And I've never needed that before. But the the like HVAC in my apartment creates a white noise sound. And I got so used to it that whenever it's not on, cause it's like very temperate outside right now, I can't fall asleep without the whirring of the AC or mm, the heater. Mm. So I started to use white noise tracks, like sleep sounds on Spotify. And I just set the 30 minute timer and like it, it works pretty well for me. The other day, I was going, somebody told me that like I should listen to this song and I opened my Spotify and the first thing that popped up was the white noise. And I cannot describe the level of embarrassment <laughs> that that made me feel. Wait, you were aware? Like the last thing that I listened to on Spotify <laughs> wasn't music, wasn't a podcast. It was white noise because I'm like an old stressed out middle-aged hag. mom hag hag <laughs> a fucking hag that's what it made me feel i don't even think they could see it on my phone next to me i think i was like it was just me and myself uh, me faced with my own truth that's so funny and i was like this is a nightmare <laughs> i'm a nightmare the reality of my life is a nightmare 
like, okay, so remember to listen to music every day so that this doesn't happen again. First thing in the morning. (laughs) Oh, that's so funny. That's one of those things that it's like one of those little, um, what is it? Like tangible things that reflects on your, maybe on your mental health or kind of how you're talking about with like neglect, you know, if your sink is full of dishes or something. Um, I'm trying to think of what the other things are like. Usually it's like the amount of like peanut butter jars I have around. Right. It reflects like, like how take well out I'm doing. Containers. It's never takeout yeah. for me. It'll be usually, I just, I never order takeout, but I'll just be like, I'll eat peanut butter instead of like, I don't have groceries or. Yeah. Or like cereal. I'm just eating cereal, cereal for dinner every day. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. It was one of those and I was faced with it <laughs> during the day and I was like, it's not nighttime yet like i can't look at this in the light are you kidding sleep sounds it was harrowing i used to there was a period where i really liked falling asleep to thunder which is like a whole sleep sound category it's a sleep sound kink just like thunder but then (laughs) it kind of became it it felt the same as when i'd be like racing through different porn um categories too <laughs> where like you need a specific version of it yeah. or it doesn't do it for you and i would spend like an hour looking for the right kind of thunder sound and then i was like this is becoming a problem and like <laughs> nothing was ever correct um yeah i don't know that's what i have I to know add. exactly <laughs> what you mean i know exactly what you mean it's like you need it in a certain pitch and at a certain speed and with a certain amount of like rain sounds with it but not too much rain like more focus on the thunder i know what you mean because that's how i felt when i this is going back to like our second episode this is how i felt when i tried to use audio porn apps like just listening to the yeah but it wasn't people. quite right making sexual sounds or whatever and talking yeah it just was never like the right sound of voice and like tone and cadence and it just always felt like a stranger that's why it's probably because i don't know those people that's (laughs) why yeah talking to justin about it this week um i used to watch porn i don't watch it that much anymore and then when we were talking more about more about like fantasies and like visualization and shit, I was like, I, I basically am watching porn, though. I have like hundreds and maybe thousands of like <laughs> scenarios I can like describe in intimate detail that I've come up with in my mind. It's just like I'm mm. doing it in my mind. I have a full porn library, like a catalog. Um, She's and a creator. there's no, yeah, there's no bad <laughs> acting in it. There's no weird costumes. There's no, um, like human trafficking or human <laughs> rights violations yeah. or like women who aren't that into it. I can make it perfect. And, um, yeah, I don't know. It kind of made me reevaluate. I think that, that is why I like reading. Um, I don't even do like erotic literature that much anymore but that was nice because like there's no bad acting there's no people like being visibly exploited or something you can kind of imbue it with whatever um Mm -hmm. yeah but i feel yeah i feel the same about thunder sounds as i do about i guess most online (laughs) porn i guess i feel that way well i guess just talking about porn and how to not even porn but just how to get yourself like not even porn oh okay yeah we'll get to not even porn well Well, i've said that i don't really watch porn right um i do feel like i have a library of like a few scenes whether it's things i've created 
that I've never seen and I've never done. What's a weird one? Come on, tell us a weird one. Tell us a weird one. Obviously, uh, the stuckness. Okay. Okay. I've yeah. Tell us something new. It. That's weird. Tell us something new. Tell us something else. I don't have any. Do I have any new ones? I don't know. I'll get to it. But. <laughs> and then some of them are like stories from my sexual history. Yeah. Although I'm I'm not really thinking about like the person when I do no, that. No, it's always a faceless. I f- it's always like a faceless. It's faceless. It's faceless. Even if it's something I've done with someone before, they're not relevant. It's just like the thing that happened. <laughs> yeah. Um so that I pull the from emotional that. environment from is what it is for yeah. me. For me it's probably like yeah, maybe emotional environment like the actions, the way the speed of and the type of touch and things like that. You know what I mean? Totally. Um, so, but then something I've realized only in the last recently, speaking of Spotify is like, I also definitely have songs that turn me on like almost immediately. Yeah. 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 And I do have, I do have a sex playlist, although it doesn't get used very much. Oh, I have a sex playlist that like I used to use. I would use it like when I had a new, like when my boyfriend and I were first hooking up or before that with. Uh, maybe one or two other people like oh my god you recycled songs yeah it's just my go-to oh my god, sex I playlist cannot, i cannot no i cannot really? i cannot well those people didn't mean anything to me okay and then maybe he started to mean something to me and then we stopped using music no i can't i can't oh <laughs> i have experienced that though no first of all can't you know I mean? can't recycle sex songs but yeah, I also feel like I don't need, I only needed music more when like things feel awkward earlier on. A new person. Now I'm just yeah. humming and singing the whole time. That's cute. That's a joke. That's a joke. I'm not doing that. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't believe that it's a joke based on the the embrace I saw earlier, but okay. yes. <laughs> um, no, I can't. No. You can't recycle. I can't recycle sex songs. No. I, I will probably at this point. I wouldn't be able to recycle recycle any of them, but I don't know when it was people who like, I don't know, you go on a first date and you're like, I'll just bring them home, whatever. And it's like not anybody I care about. They're not even it's not really a sex song. It's just like you're listening to a song and they happen to be having sex with you. It's like just it's just a weird coincidence. It's a soundtrack <laughs> that you just First played. of all, I'm going to put in my AirPods. I feel like we should both. Why can't we all just put in AirPods during sex and everyone can listen to what they like? Like one of those silent discos. Because you'd be on totally different rhythms. To- well, that's true. If that's you're true. Actually listening. Do you ever fuck to the music? But sometimes I catch myself. Sometimes you have to. Sometimes you have to. And sometimes I'm like, this is weird right now that I'm humping to the music, to the beat. I know. Oh, my God. I know. But then you're like, they're doing it, too. So, like, it's fine because we're both doing it. I, guess I know be exactly weird not what you're talking but about. But sometimes I'm like, this is crazy. This is crazy of me. But um, what's really bad is when I'm I feel very auditorily sensitive, if I may say. Yes, I will say I feel auditorily sensitive. And if the song is wrong. Mm, I, I literally off. can't I literally cannot I can't I can't get there it's very distracting to me I can't even think of okay. a good example but a lot of like indie rock I can't um I'm not I'm no longer sexual with you I can't do it no 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 I well I think I'm okay at tuning it out oh I cannot but <sighs> Yeah, one time this guy put on, 
We literally had already started making out and taking clothes off. And he was like, wait, wait, let me put on music. And I was like, this is so unnecessary where you already have me here. We're doing it like you don't need the warm up. You don't need you don't need a track. It's fine. I'm already agreeing to do this with you. But he got up and he put on Justin Bieber music videos. Interesting. And I was like. I'm going to ignore that this is happening. Oh, that's tough. <laughs> oh, that's it was, tough. Not only is it well, music, what music but video? you needed the visual. Well, which one? If it, um, is it him singing Baby at 12? Because that's not going to work for what me. What was that? No. It was one of the ones that played is this kind of sadder song or like slower romantic song. Interesting. And I didn't need that with this one night person. And... Yeah, I don't know. It was just really unnecessary. So I think I'm able to tune it out. But if it's my playlist and it's like songs that I've curated and I like. It's good. It's good to have a playlist. It's good. R&B, Anderson Pock every time. Okay. I love Anderson Pock. Anyway. I don't even know who that is. Now I'm getting horny. Oh my gosh. Are you getting horny? Anderson Pock is so <laughs> I hate the word horny. Hot to me. Okay. Anderson Pock. Yeah, let's come up I with a different word. I fucking hate the word horny. Anderson Pock. He's very like nerdy, trendy, funky. Pock with two A's. That's kooky. Anderson Yeah, Pock. his music is very sensual. Okay, I've seen like and if 12, anyone needs a wreck. Like 14 different pictures of him in a beanie, which doesn't <laughs> that does not do it for me. That does not do it for me. I understand that he Yeah, is, he does do that a lot. He's objectively very, very cute. Great smile, but he's a cutie. Anderson Pock. Great smile. Very good smile. I have a story about him. Okay. What is it? I was in LA a few months ago, like earlier this year, and I was at a club in West Hollywood with my friends, which is like first and last time I'll ever say that sentence. (laughs) And (laughs) it was like, I wasn't really having that great of a time. I was really tired. It's like not really my scene. Very crowded, very 22 year olds. I was just ready to go back to my (laughs) Airbnb. So... And it was like already one in the morning or something. So I was like, okay, guys, I'm calling an Uber. I'll see you tomorrow. I left. And then five minutes later, Kai, my best friend from Chicago, we went on this trip together, texts me. And she's like, I'm so sorry. We're in the elevator leaving now. And Anderson Pock is in the elevator with us. I'm so sorry. She's not that sorry if she texted you about <laughs> she was it. Not you could have gone on just not knowing about that. She wasn't that fucking sorry. She could have told me the next she day. Was pretty, I know. She was feeling pretty good about it. Kai, I'm calling she you out. She was very happy. Not sorry enough. She was very happy. She was the next happy. day. Mr. Pock. When I met up with them the next day, I had to. They had already told me about it. Kai told me about it via text. Yeah. And then we got breakfast the next day, a group of us, and I had to like listen to it again as though I hadn't already been informed that I missed out on this. And I just had to play it so cool. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, and he complimented your glasses. Wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you wouldn't give them anything. I'm so, you wouldn't give them I anything. was so tired. I was so tired last night. Yeah. Yeah. My Uber driver kind of flirted with me. So, OK. <laughs> and he, yeah. he actually looked a little bit like Anderson Pock. So, <laughs> yeah, he was wearing a beanie. So it was similar. Yeah. <laughs> I Googled Anderson Pock a lot last night. So it sounds like we had pretty similar so, nights. Yeah. <laughs> Once you texted me, I listened to his whole album. So that was really good for me. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. <sighs> I'm sorry, Kai, did it's you okay. so dirty? You know, that's what 15 years of friendship will do. You can just be yourself, even if it's conniving. And I still have to love her. Nasty, dirty girl. Yeah. 
What are you doing tonight? Are you doing anything fun? Ooh, I'm going to kiss Justin so much. Number one. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Uh, (laughs) I would have never guessed. (laughs) That's cool. (laughs) Yeah. um, We're going to kiss probably. And... Oh yeah, I don't have anything else to say. We I have no other plans. Oh, cool. I just want to like, I just want to cuddle and hang out. Yeah, I had that sounds nice. I had a pretty long work day. Um, so I'm ready to chill. No great plans. What are your plans, bitch? Well, it's first Fridays, so yeah. I'm going to meet up with a group of friends for happy hour. Um, still going strong. I feel like I get a good turnout. Of like at least six people. That's nice. Every time. That's nice. I which wish, is cool. I wish I knew six people. That's amazing. <laughs> it is cool to know six people. Yeah. Mm. No more and no less. Six is the magic number. Right. Um, so yeah, doing that. What else? This weekend's the Chicago Marathon and I have a friend in town running it and I both hate and love that. Have I me. have I talked like, about marathons on here already? I don't know if we've talked about them. I actually do have thoughts on marathons. And they're not what people would expect. Okay, I let's let's hit this real quick mm-hmm. or not quick at all. I went to my first <laughs> marathon. It was actually a half marathon. I went to for my friend. I think I talked about it in a YouTube video. That's why I'm confused. But I showed mm-hmm. up, you know, a friend asked me to come. I don't have a lot of friends to do marathons, whatever. So it was the first time I went and I had the time of my fucking life. I went yeah. alone. I like couldn't find her boyfriend or the group of friends or like anyone. I could not find her, uh, the rest of her support people. I was there alone and I was <laughs> shocked. I was shocked that I had the time of my fucking life. Let me say this. You guys know, you know how I feel about good vibes. But let me tell you what, the energy was so positive. (laughs) The energy was so good. I was like fucking high. I think we were all fucking high. Just cheering people on. I was hooping. I was hollering. I was like clapping at people. Everyone's yelling back and forth. I will say that I had the time of my fucking life. I will never run a marathon. Stupidest thing you could ever do. Never in my life. Why (laughs) would you do that? I will. I'm so into attending marathons now. I was hanging out, cheering on people. I was there alone. I didn't know anybody like it was so beautiful i will also say at a certain point it kind of looked like a a a white people parade a parade of like Mm -hmm. the city being like these are all of our our longest white people and it was like it went down it went down like by the capitol and it felt like the government was like parading around their most eligible (laughs) white people it was like at a certain point it felt weird I don't know. I right. don't, and I don't know what to say about that. I think I would have appreciated a little more diversity. I would have felt more okay. comfortable. But beyond that, I had a great time. Really good call out. The diversity <laughs> I didn't like yeah. that part. <laughs> I didn't like feeling like I was at a white people parade. <laughs> My sister ran a marathon in like probably exactly a year ago in D.C. And I flew home to go cheer her on. It was her first marathon. And I had the exact same experience. I had the most fun day i couldn't even believe it i've had friends run marathons before but i had never attended because i was like oh you're running like we're not going to be able to hang out what's the freaking point it sounds annoying when people i don't get it like do you want to go to brunch after like i'll meet you at the restaurant yeah but it was my sister and she had been training so hard and i went and it was so fun running around the city meeting her i found her at like six different stops i was like Cute. emotional with totally. her because you know by the time you show up there it's so funny because when you have a friend or your sister whoever going through well i guess i don't know how you felt about your sister when i have friends sharing about their training for a marathon like 
first of all, no one gives a fuck. No one gives a fuck when you're training <laughs> for a marathon. But then when you show up to the marathon, you do know how much it they've clicks. put into it and how much they've like how hard it's been and how much it's taking them. At that point, you do care. And it felt very emotional. It felt like tuning yeah. into like the last few minutes of the Rocky movie or something. Totally. I was like, she sacrificed so much every Saturday. (laughs) It was so dramatic Um, because it's something I would literally never do. I won't be doing one. I don't even run, let alone running a marathon. No. Uh, So that part of it as well was just like watching somebody do something that I, I can guarantee you and I'm an I'm such a never say never person. And yet I can promise I will never run a marathon. It just doesn't even interest me, let alone right. capabilities oh, and no, training you, you wise and everything. Could. You absolutely could. Anybody run a marathon. can if they train for you it. You could. But I'm not going to. But you to. won't. You literally won't. I literally won't. Right. That's what's but important. <laughs> that awareness while watching her do it was like, I don't know, astonishing. I think like I'm going to cry. Yeah. Oh my God. I was so emotional. I was so emotional. I ran from like mile 22 towards the end of the marathon was right by the Roslyn Metro stop in DC. And so I was the leader of Caitlin's group of friends who were in from out of town and my parents going around DC and trying to catch her at as many stops along the race as we could. And the last stop was that we were going to see her at before the finish line was mile 22. We had to take the metro to get there. I'm like following her on the app, but it's not really working. And I'm like kind of timing things with my estimates of where she'll be when. Yeah, and the marathon technology is is piss poor. Right. And I pop up from the Roslyn Metro and I was like, I'm running. You guys, if you if you see her, great. I think we're about to miss her. I'm going to run from the mar- from the metro down to where the marathon track is and try to catch her. And I sprinted. Yikes. So out of breath. So out of shape. Like not while this marathon. This is the real hero. <laughs> this marathon. That's amazing. Sprinted down you the hill. ended up running a marathon but refused to admit yeah, it. You- it was downhill. And I was like, fuck. Just admit that you ran a marathon. <laughs> but I literally got there. I, I shit you not. 60 seconds later, Caitlin runs by like I truly would have missed her if I I didn't run. And she was like almost walking at this point, like so broken. It's actually it's kind of fucking brutal what they do. It's not natural. Insane. And I like held her and like walked with her and was like, keep going. It was crazy. I felt like it's like being in a battle. I felt like this is what going to war was like. Yeah. Okay. So that's why actually, listen, nothing against you if you run marathons, but I actually do feel like that's why some people who do, who are like adrenaline junkies or into the extreme stuff. I like, I feel like they wish they could be sent into a war. And so, but they can't because they're just like living a fluff life. And so instead, (laughs) instead, this is my sister completely. Yeah, it's, it's like most of us. It's most of us. I'm living a fucking fluff life and I'm not going to war and I'm not running a marathon. So like, right. don't feel insulted or do, but like, I'm the most insulted. And so you're like, I see it as a compliment. Yeah, you're yeah. like creating, you're like creating little war, like, like trench, like experiences for yourself <laughs> so that you can feel alive. I mean, I respect it. I don't feel alive and I won't do it. And when I went to the marathon, I let me clarify. I didn't catch my friend once. I didn't see her the entire time. You You still had a blast. I I didn't see her one time. I missed her and it never occurred to me to start running to catch up. I was like in a wool coat. I was like, I'm not going to 
What am I gonna? I'm not gonna like walk <laughs> fluff, in a fast literally clip. Fluff. No, you want me to walk in a fast <laughs> clip? No. I just cheered on strangers I didn't know, and I had a great time. That part is also fun. Yeah, I agree about the the like going into battle thing. Caitlin is training to eventually do a um to to eventually do an Ironman, and so the marathon is just a step. Fucking knew that's what you're gonna say. Oh my god, she's done a triathlon. Yeah, they're ill. They're ill. They're ill. <sighs> but she's also like currently at home with her puppy fucking like drinking a little coffee and okay. watching only murders and holding her puppy in her fluffy chair so fluff life fluff life plus but, but wanting to battle plus an iron that's man that's totally right it's and yeah. it's correct it's better than what i do which is fluff life plus nothing to counterbalance it oh no my version of that is i, te- I texted you about this but i signed up to do another stand-up course i haven't done one in a couple years and I've been really craving doing stand up and doing like live on stage performance again. So I signed up for a class. I'm really excited about it. I also think like the place that I'm at with my work right now really pushed me to be like, I have to find something to make me feel alive because this this isn't working just like I'm about to to end it all. Yeah, right. Um, I feel like some people would look at that and look at like what you do on YouTube, even our podcast, and would be like, that's that's like the battling. That's the feeling alive. Like you're doing something that so many people would be too afraid to do. Oh, you know, I, especially I do think it, I do think it's a similar thing. That's that's the way you feel yeah. alive. I do think it is. I think for some people it comes in their extracurricular. For some people it comes in their career moves. I actually do think it's the same. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Anyway, just giving you credit you're not just a fluff oh okay oh oh you're complimenting you're a fighter. me okay i'm not a fighter yeah we always now we no, always end on compliments i'm a fluff i'm a fluff this has been not for everyone <laughs> we're two couple fluffs um you can find us on instagram not for everyone pod with a number four this podcast was edited and produced by abby newhouse i love you i love you thank you listeners no, that's rude. You're saying that because no, I don't last even song. know them. I love you. You love me, you stupid bitch. <laughs> Justin, Justin, did you hear okay. that? Justin did he say he loves you me too. or you, Caroline? Or both? I think, he, I think he loves you. I don't think he loves he, me. Okay. Not for everyone. Okay. He loves not for everyone. <laughs> not for everyone. He loves not. He's Big just fan. a fan of he's just a fan of not for everyone. Uh, and Justin is honestly one of our biggest fans. Every episode, he listens to every episode. He is not required to. He listens to every episode and then he sends reaction. I love he it. He sends me reactions. It's great. Um anyway, that's pretty annoying. TTYL fuckers. Let's both go get kisses now. Okay, get your kisses. Bye. 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 I'm still thinking about the hot therapist. I don't even know. She's I'm, she's uh, truly beautiful. She's truly beautiful. She's so tall. Wow. I think she could like put me in like a little like baby carrier and carry me around. Probably. <laughs> <laughs>